James. We'll read a few passages in the book of James in just a moment, but uh, I've been thinking about this particular topic for several weeks now, just uh, and just trying to think about it in my own life, and and then, of course, I knew I had this uh, sermon coming up, and you know, thinking about how to um, get my thoughts uh, in a consumable manner, you may say, and and maybe help you think through some of these things, or just uh, think about them again, be reminded of them, uh, and then uh, let it impact all of our lives and our decisions. And the title of the lesson that I have today is Life is But a Vapor. Of course, James talks about that in James 4, but I'd like for us to start in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. Let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat than it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade in his pursuits. James chapter 4. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 13. Now come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. So you have uh, this phrase there uh, in verse 14, or this question really that's posed by by James is, for what is your life? Then he answers that by, it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Just poof, it's gone. You know, it's a... It's a vapor that just appears and then it's gone right before our eyes. You know, you think about it like boiling water on a stove. You know, that, that steam that comes off, it's, it's there and then it's gone. You know, and so that's what he's telling us our life is like. If you go back to chapter 1, he says, As a flower of the field, he will pass away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning heat that it withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man also will fade away in his pursuits. I don't... I don't know about y'all, I don't know how many of y'all spend any time like out west Texas, Oklahoma, that way, out, out in the way west end of it. That's, it brings that to my mind, this burning heat <laughs> that's out there. You know, it's 100 degrees and the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour, 0% humidity, and everything dries up to a crisp. That's what my mind goes to when I read this passage. But it's no different than it's been here for the past several weeks. It's 97 degrees and you know, it's just hot and, you know, uh, everything needs water. It hadn't rained. We know that this is life. I mean, it's just that flower's there. It's beautiful. And within a week or so, it's just gone. Uh, it's beautiful appearance perishes. And so he's telling us that's what our life is like. Our life can be over so quickly when you really think about it, when you really kind of uh, try to wrap your mind around how fragile me and you really are. We're only a few seconds away at any given moment from being dead. We're breathing in right now. That stops. It only, it's only a matter of seconds. And it's just over. Uh, and you just think about the fact that 
I'm truly not even in control of that at the end of the day. Uh, that I am truly that fragile. A blood clot, break loose, it's gone. Car pull out in front of me when I leave here today. It's over. My life's gone. Uh, you know, for those of us that work outside, you know, chain come off a chainsaw. You know, just, just simple things like that. It's just things happen in our lives and that it can be over in just a moment. But if you think about what James says here, I don't even think he's talking about necessarily of the, the sudden things that ha- can happen to us. Uh, I think he's you know, mostly just referencing if you live to a ripe old age, it's still yet but a vapor. It's, it's over so quickly. Um, and I think about these things in terms of numbers. And I, you know, I just, I'll give you some percentages here in a minute. But if you live to 80, if you're 20 years old right now, you're 25% done. It don't sound like a whole lot, but you're 25% over if you live to 80. 30, if you're 30, you're 38% done. If you're 40, you're 50% done. Uh, 50, 63% done, 60, 75% done, and if you're 70, you're 88% done. And I guarantee if you ask any of the folks in here with gray hair, and those of us that are you know relatively younger, if you ask them, well, how long did it take to get from 30 to 60, 70 years old? They're all going to tell each and every one of us, well, it was over pretty quick. <laughs> you know, and... For those of us that are younger, you think back, well, my goodness, you know, I was just 20 and in college, or, you know, it was just, I was just X, and I'm already here, and it, where where did that really go? It's just, it's over so very quickly, and, you know, I heard a guy tell me that uh, he saw a guy uh, talking about this topic, I forget who I was talking to about this, somebody told me that they uh, had a guy explain it, you know, he brought in a real long rope, like a 50-foot rope or something, and just drew a little bitty line on that rope, representative of years of my life in, in the grand scheme of things. You know, you, you think that this world's been lasting for several thousand years, and right now there's 8 million people on this planet, and I'm just, I'm just one of those in the, in, the, in the whole grand scheme of the world. Uh, and so, you know, if you, I guess you're probably still open there in James. You know, he says there in verse 13, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. So what, what's he talking about there? And he, talk, he kind of picks up that, that thought again in verse 15. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting uh, is evil. <laughs> He's really talking about uh, our jobs or what we do for a living. You know, he's talking about making a profit. So that this person, what James is saying is, this person, this person is saying, you know, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. I'm making plans to make a living. Of course, we all got to make a living while we're here. Uh, and so he's, you know, he's saying that these things are taking place. This person in their mind has already got all these things mapped out. Um, you know, and I think the reality is, at least it is maybe for me, maybe it's not for you, maybe you've never thought like this, but, you know, uh, I think we can get to thinking that what we have going on day to day is just so important, you know, that, that my job is just so important uh, that the world wouldn't function without me being here, you know, that I'm, I'm so important in this, you know, at UPS or Mississippi State or, 
you know, uh, national land or wh wherever I am, or even if I own my, I'm my own business, uh, you know, I'm so important to my clients. They couldn't, you know, I, I've got to be there. <laughs> the reality is the whole world's going to function with, with, that, with me gone. The whole world's going to function with you gone. Um, so th these things that we think that are just, just so important, uh, a lot of times they're really not. Um, you know, they're going to replace us when we leave. Uh, if they put me in the ground tomorrow, the world's going to keep spinning. Life's going to go on for everyone else around me. Uh, I do hope and I think that all of us in here would be missed. Uh, but life's just going to go on. Um, so James says here, you know, he, he brings up this idea of being arrogant. And he says all such boasting is evil. You know, so at least in my mind, this isn't, this isn't a topic that we come to in scriptures that, you know, like baptism, for instance, or faith, or uh, some of those things where there's just mountains and mountains of verses about the particular topic. But we all know this to be true. Uh, and so, you know, what I ask myself when I come to passages like this is how do I take, how do I take the, the thoughts here and apply them in my life. What do I take out of passages like this, uh, and how do they how do they impact me in my decisions, my thoughts, and my actions uh, going forward every day? And so that's what I'd like to think about for the rest of the time. You know, we're here together. Um, first thing I think passages like this should do is to help us refocus or stay focused on the things that really matter. And what are those things? Those are the things that are eternal. You know, of eternal nature. Uh, you know, when I think about it, at least for me, it's like, yes, my job matters. My role in my family matters. Me being a good husband and a good uh, father to my children, yes, those things matter. Uh, my role here matters. Uh, my role in the community matters. Those things do matter, but uh, ultimately, it's how I act in those things. So you go back to what we were just talking about, about, about being, uh, getting wrapped up in us thinking uh, what we have going on. Just say at our jobs, for instance, is so important. Well, your job isn't really all that important. It's how you act in that job. Those are the things that matter. It's, the, it's, it's me, when, I, when I'm doing my job, when I'm performing my duties at work, that uh, that I'm kind, that I'm honest, that I'm trustworthy, uh, that I put other needs uh, others' needs ahead of my own. Those are the things that matter. Is how I act while performing whatever it is that I'm doing. Uh, those are the eternal things. All the rest of those things don't necessarily uh, matter at the end of the day. You know, we we work and we do, and we you know this guy here, he's going. Uh, to such and such a city, he's spending a year there, he's going to buy and he's going to sell and he's going to make a profit. You know, like, at the end of the day, what does it, what does it matter? You know, uh, Paul tells us in Timothy, you know, that, uh, let's go to 1 Timothy 6, so I don't butcher how exactly the, the phrasing he uses there. 1 Timothy 6, verse 7, For we brought nothing into this world, and it is cert certain we can carry nothing out and having food and clothing with these we shall be content 
you know, and I certainly think that this set of verses uh, plays in or ties into what we're talking about this morning that, you know, um, don't get wrapped up in, in these things. Don't don't get wrapped up in thinking that, you know, you know I'm going to make all this money, I'm going to do all these things uh, because all that can be over tomorrow. And then what are we going to what are we going to say when we get to the day of judgment? What's that going to look like uh, for us? Look at verse seventeen of James four. Verse seventeen. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. I think with these with a, one lesson in these passage, this passage, I guess you may say is that, you know, he's telling us here, you know, you're making these plans. Then he asks this question, verse 14, for what is your life? Is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. So in my mind, that's him resetting perspective. You know, so he's saying, these are your plans. Hold up now. (laughs) You've got to realize your life is just but a vapor. Uh, Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do this or that. And then he's telling telling us, don't be arrogant. Don't, Don't think that I'm in control. Verse 17, therefore... All right, so since all these things are true, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him is sin. So what's, what's he telling us there? He's telling us uh, don't get wrapped up in all these other things. Take time out of your day to do the things that you know to do. Uh, just stop. Just stop what you're doing. If you see something that should be done, don't use the excuse, I don't have time to do X. That's what he's saying here. To him who knows to do good and does not do it to him it is sin. So don't get wrapped up in what you got going on. Don't get wrapped up in your job and think that these things are more important. Stop a minute and do the things that should be done. You know, I think we should ask ourselves um, all along the way, does this further the kingdom? Uh, does When we're making decisions about uh, what we're going to do next or how we're going to, um, where we're going to live, uh, what kind of job we're going to take. Uh, are, are all those things uh, furthering the kingdom? Are they bringing me closer to Christ? Am I, and again, am I taking time, like it says in verse 17, am I taking time to do the things that I know are good? All right. And you, and you notice here, he doesn't give us a list of things that we ought to stop to do. He just says, if you know it's good, stop and do it. Uh, and, of course, this applies to family. This applies to, you know, how we interact with one another, uh, what we do day to day. And we have to be honest with ourselves in those things that uh, am I using the excuse of, you know, well, my job's just um, got me working too much or this or that. You know, like we can use all kinds of excuses uh, to not do the good things, to not uh, stop and do what we know uh, that we should. The reality is, is we all know that if we look back and we're honest with ourselves, um, we've had more opportunity to do good than we probably took. I think, at least I know I can say that to be true of my, my own life. That if I'm honest, I can I can look back and say, well, I made an excuse here not to do good because I was too busy. I got to work. I got to I got to take care of this. I got to do that. I don't think I'm unique in that. 
I could be, but I don't think I am. Uh, so when we get to judgment, when our life is gone, when it's over as quickly as we know it will be, and as quickly as James is telling us, then when we get to judgment, he's going to have put the opportunities in front of us. The question is, did we take them? Did we stop long enough and do it? Next thing, I think, you know, when we look at these verses, knowing these things that James tells us here uh, should help us understand our place in God's world. You know, to me, this is a, this is a passage of, of that should humble me, that should help me understand that uh, I have a place, and I need to, uh, you know, maybe stay in that place, understand what that is, uh, and do it, uh, and know that He's in control, and it's not me. It's not me that's making all this go. It's not me that's giving myself breath. It's not. It's not me that's controlling how these things take place. I do control my own actions, but the things around me, I don't control. He's in control of that. He's in control of my life. Um, you know, the reality is, is uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen in five minutes, much less next week or next month. And that's what he's telling us here in verse 13. You know, this guy's saying, you know, I've, I've got all these plans out here, you know, uh, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Uh, and James just says, you know, you you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, much less a week from now or a year from now, uh, 10 years from now, you don't know what any of that's going to look like. Uh, so so get your perspective straight is what James is telling me and you. And, and by using these examples, you know, get your perspective in line and understand that, that you don't control these things. Um and I, I do think it's worth pointing out that I don't think James is telling us here that we should never plan, uh, that we should never have uh, plans in place, uh, but rather that we need to know the fact clearly that only if the Lord wills it to happen, will it happen. All right, That's what he says there in verse 15. You know, instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we shall do this or that. Again, this is a matter of perspective. This is a matter of me understanding how this world works. It's not me in control. And I guess to, you know, as way of conclusion, as way of wrap up, you know, I'd like for us to turn to Second Peter. Second Peter three. Second Peter three and in verse five. For this they willfully forget that by the word of God the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are preserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but his long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. 
Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, looking for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. You know, so, um, you know, this, this passage there, you know, is telling us that the Lord, again, he's beginning there, that the Lord's preserved these things by his own word. Uh, he says there in verse 7, reserved by the same word, or reserved, but he's telling us that these things that we now see are reserved for fire to the day of judgment and perdition. He tells us there in verse 11, or in verse 10, that the day of the Lord, we don't know when that's going to come. Uh, we don't know uh, when it's going to come, but he says it's going to come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. And I know, you know, I read this passage relatively often because I think about it relatively often. I, this is one of those passages that comes to my mind almost daily, you know, that I, that I need to remind myself that all these things around me, they're going to be gone. Uh, they're, you know, ultimately one day he's going to burn it all up and none of it matters. I can't take, like we, like Paul told Timothy, you can't take none of it with you. You came into this world with nothing. You're going to leave with nothing. Uh, and be, be reminded, remind myself of that fact that, um, again, what we do matters to some level, but it's more of how I act in those things, what I do, uh, how, I, how I think, what I say. Uh, those are the things, these, these things of eternal nature are the things that matter. My accumulation of goods is not what matters. Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians in chapter 1. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 beginning in verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on those who do not obey God who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ these shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed Therefore we also, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look there in verse 8, he's telling, uh, Paul's telling the Thessalonians that uh, I guess beginning there in verse 7 and to him, and to, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. All right, so he's telling us the Lord is going to be revealed uh, from heaven with his angels. And what's he going to do when he does that? Uh, what's the Lord going to do when he's revealed with his mighty angels? Verse 8 tells us, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God 
and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, so he's telling us in verse 9, These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power. All right? And so I don't know about you, but to me this is one of those verses I come to and it, you know, I'm thinking, well, do I know God? Uh, am I obeying the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, because I don't want to fall in this in this category of those that the Lord's going to take uh, vengeance upon with flaming fire. Uh, I don't want to be the one counted among those that will be punished with everlasting destruction because I didn't take the time to know God. I didn't take the time to obey the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, because uh, that opportunity is given to each and every one of us to do that right there so that we don't uh, fall in that camp uh, but, he, but he says you know if you see what he says there about those that are going to everlasting destruction part of the punishment is is we're not going to be those won't be in the presence of the Lord uh, they won't be in the glory of his power verse 9 um, they won't be those that will be glorified in his saints uh, you know and you just kind of think about the, Im- the images of these things, those that will be cast into everlasting destruction will not be counted uh, in those that get to be in the presence of the Lord for all eternity. And it boils down to uh, what Paul tells the Thessalonians is what what splits those from the, those that are going to everlasting destruction that the Lord's going to take flaming fire or vengeance on, and those that go to heaven in the presence of Him for all of eternity boils down to two things: Do you know God, and have you obeyed the gospel? That's what it boils down to. So, you know, as we think about uh, our life being uh, but a vapor, our life is so short, uh, and us being need, need to be reminded of the things that are eternal, uh, I would like for you to just remember those things as, as, we, leave, as, as we leave here uh, today. Remember that it is uh, short. Our lives are over so quickly. Uh, just be reminded not to get wrapped up in the material things around us. Uh, take time, like James tells us, to do good. Take the time to do the good things that we know we have opportunity to do and, and always remember that God's in control. He's in control of our lives and if the Lord wills, we should do this or that. Uh, so, um, a little bit of a short lesson this morning, uh, but I hope that these things were helpful for you to, to think through, be reminded of, uh, and that, that we would focus on these things uh, every day. If there's any way that uh, the brethren here can pray with you, pray for you, if you need to um, obey the gospel, we'd ask that you would come forward as we stand and sing.